The Graphic Histories Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the Graphic Histories Podcast. My name is Andre Mayette, and I, as always, am your host. Big thanks to Ukla the Mock for our theme song, Superpowers. And thank you, dear listener, for tuning in to our episode. This is episode number 37, in which we talk about the Spider-Man villain, Carnage. Cletus Cassidy has been a part of the Spider-Man mythos for a very long time. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> it's funny, because in comics, most characters, uh, or enduring characters, have been around... For, you know, most of the ones that have stuck around, like the major villains, your Lex Luthers, your Green Goblins, your, you know, your Rhinos, your Professor Zooms, they've all, all been around since those characters' inception. So, like, the 60s, the 50s, 60s, 70s. Um, Carnage is an example of one of those seemingly newer villains that have st- that really had staying power. Um, because Carnage himself it only came around in the 90s, really. Uh Maybe I'm dating it by saying that. I think it's early 90s. So the fact that the character has endured for as long as he has, which has almost been 30 years now, um, it's impressive. You know, it's impressive in the comic world. A lot of modern heroes and villains don't stick around too long. And, you know, a lot of fans go back to the old standbys that they know and love from when they were younger. However, Carnage himself is a prime example of that creative take on a, a character. I mean, he's an offshoot of a character, Venom, who... In, in itself, in himself, is not that old of a, a comic character either in relation to the history of Spider-Man's mythos. So it is neat that Carnage has endured. I mean, he kind of came into comics at a time when things were getting edgier, darker. You know, Image was becoming a thing with Spawn and Shadowhawk and some of those vil- uh, young blood and Prophet and all these sort of characters that were really hard-edged and, and adult-themed. So it seemed like Marvel Comics tried to kind of do an answer to that with the Gen X sort of way things were going by creating Carnage. Uh, You know, sort of a serial killer mass murderer that is bonded with an alien symbiote and just goes through swaths of murder across New York. Uh, Seminal comic story, which will be covered in in today's episode, would be Maximum Carnage. They made a video game out of that. It was so popular. Uh, with a red SNES cartridge. I believe it was on the Genesis as well. And it was a... Yeah, like... To have a comic where a small group of monsters, essentially, just just standing on tops of heaps of bodies and slicing through people was a really different feel for a comic book if you were a kid growing up. And it almost seemed to kind of coincide with when I was getting to an age when I was starting to pay more attention towards... Violence in the world, violence in the things I was reading and seeing. I mean, like anybody I love, violence is part of, of narratives, of stories, of of works of art, of, of all these sort of things. So it's not like it bothers me or I don't decry it, but it's just when I was sort of noticing that the level of violence that they were using was kind of amping up and trying to, to make it, I guess, make the stakes higher by making the body count higher, which I'm not necessarily sure is 
good for a story, but uh, it worked, I guess, for that time period. And it seemed to kind of endure to this day. I mean, Maximum Carnage is still a storyline that people discuss. And Marvel Comics themselves kind of do takeoffs on it all the time with Minimum Carnage where they shrunk them down and things like that. But I shouldn't go too deep into all that uh, because it will be featured in today's episode. However, I do feel a little bit like Tommy Lee Jones in the one of my favorite movies, uh, No Country for Old Men, when he's sort of saying how he can't keep up with this new level of violence and crime that has kind of come to his little portion of kind of a peaceful, seemingly peaceful America that he was living in. And, yeah, Maximum Carnage felt a little like that to me as a, as a young man growing up in this wackaday world that, uh, that the fictions that I was paying attention to were also sort of mirroring this need, it would seem, by the zeitgeist to have more violence in our narratives. Yeah, so <laughs> that being said, in the comic world this week or past few weeks over Christmas, and a Wonder Woman came out to some interesting reviews. And by interesting, I mean not great. There's been some very positive ones, but a lot of very negative ones. And I am reserving judgment until I myself get a chance to see the film. I haven't yet. Normally, I would have already because I was a big theater goer. I would go to the theater almost every Tuesday or at least once a week to see a film with friends or by myself or just some something to do. However, since the lockdown, movies kind of went away, and then they came back for a short period of time, but my local theater has not returned. I don't believe any theaters in Nova Scotia are open right now with the current level of, of lockdowns. So that, with that being there, I'm unable to go see it at the theater. I could pay the $30 to watch it on demand, which I may end up doing. However, I was planning on probably purchasing it just to add it to my collection anyway. So I likely will just wait until it hits Blu-ray and buy it then, spend the less than $30 on that, have a physical copy I can hang on to and uh, get a chance to watch it. However, if it, if it hits one of the streaming services I watch, I'll probably watch it prior to that. But as of now, I'm just uh, I'm happy to wait a little while and see where that will take me. Although I don't believe the physical media copy is too far away since they're not having a normal theatrical run. I mean, maybe they are in the States. I think they are in a few theaters, places that are open. So, But I will get to watch it and reserve judgment for that time period. But, uh, yeah, so without much further ado, let's get into today's episode. This is episode number 37, Carnage. After a battle with the carcinogenic villain known as Styx, where the Venom symbiote was presumed dead, its former host Eddie Brock was incarcerated in a prison for normal human beings. His cellmate was Cletus Cassidy, a psychotic murderer serving consecutive 11 life sentences in Rikers Island, with whom he developed an antagonistic relationship. However, the Venom symbiote was not dead, merely incapacitated for a time, and after it recovered, it sought Eddie out and rebonded with him. Venom, departing to resume his quest for revenge against Spider-Man, the symbiote had been about to spawn as a response to Thanos seeking the Infinity Gems and left its offspring behind, the 999th of its lineage. The newborn symbiote sought out the nearest available host, latching onto Cassidy and entering into his body through a cut on his hand, where it amalgamated with his blood, transforming him into a black and red monster. Cletus dubbed himself Carnage, 
and went on a months-long killing spree, leaving the message Carnage Rules written in blood at the scene of each murder he committed. Eventually, Carnage fought Spider-Man, and the Wallcrawler was defeated, barely escaping with his life. Realizing that Carnage was another symbiotic-powered villain, Spider-Man enlisted the aid of Venom, who had since retired to a deserted island, to defeat his offspring. After enlisting Venom's aid against Carnage, Spider-Man later used loud noises in an attempt to defeat both the symbiotes. The Carnage symbiote was apparently killed, though it was eventually revealed that the symbiote had integrated itself into its host's blood, altering its physiology and metabolism. As a result, Cassidy could generate a copy of a symbiote from his blood whenever it was exposed to open air. Carnage teamed up with Shriek, Spider-Man's doppelganger, and later some other villains to go on a murder spree throughout New York. They were eventually stopped by Spider-Man, Venom, and a team of other superheroes. Following a confrontation with Venom, Cletus pretended to be in a coma for some time. One of the invading symbiotes, accidentally summoned to Earth by the Venom symbiote's primal scream, came after him. Cletus tricked it into releasing the Carnage symbiote from his bloodstream and absorbed it. Noticing he was stronger than before, Carnage started to absorb the other symbiotes, growing to gargantuan sizes in the process. He was taken down by the combined efforts of Spider-Man, the Scarlet Spider, and Venom, whose symbiote screamed even louder to make all the extra symbiotes commit suicide. The symbiote was seemingly killed for good when Venom, in an attempt to end the threat of Carnage once and for all, tore the symbiote from Cletus' body and devoured it. However, remnants of the symbiote that remained inside Cletus compelled him to travel to the Negative Zone, where he found a nigh-identical symbiote imprisoned in a capsule and bonded to it to become Carnage once more. This second symbiote was apparently assimilated by the remnants of the original in Cletus's bloodstream, as when the symbiote gave birth to the symbiote toxin, Venom claimed the spawn was his grandchild, and Claw later affirmed that the symbiote was the same one spawned by Venom. Despite the bond between the Carnage symbiote and its host being strong enough to make it nigh impossible to forcibly separate them, it has left Cassidy several times to find more powerful hosts and pursue its own goals. It has bonded with John Jameson, Ben Riley's Spider-Man, forming Spider-Carnage, and the Silver Surfer, forming Carnage Cosmic, but each time it returned to Cassidy. Claw theorized its motive behind doing so was to become more powerful with each subsequent union and to mold Cassidy into an ideal host. Eventually, the symbiote and Cassidy met their apparent end while escaping the raft, a prison for superpowered individuals. Carnage was flown into space by a superpowered being known as the Century and ripped in half. But the symbiote survived by going dormant and putting Cletus into a coma. Carnage was returned to Earth after being found by Michael Hall, who extracted the symbiote from Cletus and used it to create prosthesis and super soldiers, sustaining it by letting it feed on Shriek's hatred-inducing powers. The symbiote escaped by seizing control of Dr. Tannis Neve's symbiote-derived prosthetic, bonded to her, and went to Hall Corporation headquarters. After failing to convince her to willingly bond to it, it separated from her to rejoin Cletus Cassidy, who had been given prosthetic legs. Carnage battled Iron Man and Spider-Man, utilizing the symbiote's newfound ability to control offshoots of itself to kill and assimilate the cyborg symbiotes of Hall's superguards, the Iron Rangers. Neve's prosthesis was revealed to be a new spawn of Carnage, which turned her into a new symbiote called Scorn. Scorn forced Shriek to use her sonic attack to debilitate Carnage, who was revealed to have already escaped with Spider-Man's doppelganger. Under the symbiote's direction, Cletus journeyed to Doverton, Colorado, 
devouring the stock of a slaughterhouse to provide it additional biomass. Carnage subsequently infected the population with offshoots of the symbiote, proclaiming the city to be the new capital of a symbiote sovereign state. When the Avengers arrived to stop him, Cleves infected Captain America, Hawkeye, the Thing, and Wolverine with the Carnage symbiote's offshoots, letting Spider-Man be the only hero left standing. After Scorn used a sonic weapon to separate Cletus from the Carnage symbiote, it also affected Venom, and it left Cletus against an invalid Flash Thompson. The two rogue symbiotes started fighting using animals, with the Carnage symbiote taking over a zoo of escaped creatures. After the Carnage symbiote was indeed defeated, its remaining biomass was captured by Scorn, while Cletus was taken into custody via a Quinjet. When Cletus was put into custody in the Thunderbolts Mountain, the symbiote biomass on his person was destroyed, though it used the traces of itself in his blood and DNA to regenerate. Cassidy was contacted by beings from the Microverse, who managed to see inside his mind and offer him a deal. They would give him the Microverse to get a whole new universe to slaughter in exchange for his services. After escaping to the Lyndon B. Johnson Space Center in Texas, Carnage and his new allies used new technology to escape to the Microverse, even after Scarlet Spider tried to stop them. Agent Venom, who was tracking him down, and Scarlet Spider followed Carnage into the Microverse, where he betrayed his allies, who wanted to bring him to their master, Marquis Radu, in order to create a symbiotic army, and killed most of them. When fighting the Scarlet Spider, Marquis Radu's army appeared and took Carnage prisoner along with Venom, who was captured along with his allies, the Enigma Force, in another place. The symbiotes of Venom and Carnage were replicated and merged with the body banks to create powerful armies which would destroy the Microverse. Carnage took control over the symbiotic army and used it to escape to the regular universe, where he was finally defeated by the combined efforts of Venom and the Scarlet Spider, and a special weapon given to him by the Enigma Force. After being lobotomized by the Scarlet Spider stingers, Cletus was left in a catatonic state, with the symbiote assuming full control of his body, although it was put into custody once more and sedated. While Cletus remained in a catatonic state, the symbiote took full control over his body, but it didn't have any intelligence and instead rampaged, devouring everyone it came across when not subdued. The wizard and Claw freed Carnage from prison, with the wizard intending to mind-control Cletus into becoming his ally. After several failed attempts due to Cletus's damaged brain, he decided to instead transfer the symbiote to Dr. Carl Malice, someone he could control. The symbiote was enraged at having been separated from Cletus, with only the wizard's tenuous control over Malice keeping it at bay. With this new superior carnage, the wizard and Claw attacked the city hall only to find superior Spider-Man waiting for them. During the battle, the wizard lost control over carnage and the symbiote gained full control over Malice. Carnage proceeded to stab Claw with a vibranium blade, but this caused a massive explosion which separated the symbiote from Malice. The symbiote bonded to the wizard and devoured its previous host and Spider-Man decided he could use the symbiote's preference for Cletus in order to make it abandon the wizard by taking Cletus to the scene and containing the alien before it could merge with its original host. However, that mission failed, and Cletus became Carnage once more as the Spider-Lings failed to contain the symbiote. Carnage rampaged through the scene until Claw, whose sonic body had been dispersed, managed to redirect lightning to Carnage and separate him from Cletus. Both beings were taken separately into custody. Unknown to Spider-Man, the symbiote's rebonding with Cletus fixed the villain's brain, who is now no longer lobotomized. Superior Spider-Man sent a chemically neutered sample of the symbiote to Morse Laboratories, while Cletus was imprisoned at Kramer Penitentiary, where he was reintroduced into the general populace as a model prisoner. 
When Cletus was stabbed by a prisoner hired by a psychiatrist, Dr. Jenner, who wanted to become the Carnage symbiote's new host, the main body of the symbiote weakened and perished. A portion of that sample was sent to Morse Laboratories escaped and jumped from host to host, rejuvenating by consuming them from the inside out until it reached the prison. The symbiote vehemently refused Jenner's request and bonded to Cletus's corpse, resuscitating him and becoming Carnage once more. Following Cletus's blood, which contains its biomass being spilled onto the pages of the Darkhold, a magical book of tomes, the Carnage symbiote was altered by the Eldritch magic. As a result, it traded its vulnerability to Sonics for a weakness to Chthonic magic and gained an altered version of its former ability to control others by infecting them with offshoots of itself. The symbiote Eldritch augmentation was exploited when Victoria Montesi used the Darkhold to strip it from Cletus, who was subsequently taken into custody. Despite being separated from Cletus Cassidy, traces of the Carnage symbiote remained in his blood and unsuccessfully attempted to prevent a new symbiote from bonding to him. Despite concerns that these trace remnants would have to be extracted, the new symbiote managed to overcome them and bond to Cletus, and was subsequently consumed to give rise to a being known as Poison Carnage. However, after that event and the collapse of S.H.I.E.L.D., the Carnage symbiote was secured in a lockbox, a privately run vault at the bottom of the Atlantic Ocean. Agents Crane and Coleman infiltrated the lockbox and stole the symbiote, delivering it to their employer, Norman Osborn. After receiving the being, Osborn bonded with it to become the new Carnage, hoping it would be the key to regaining his Green Goblin persona. While the symbiote initially seized control of him, Norman offered to teach it more nuanced and sadistic ways to kill, an offer the symbiote eagerly accepted. The symbiote turned over control of its new host, restoring his appearance and purging his body of the nanites, preventing him from augmenting himself with the Goblin formula. Osborne used the symbiote to kill Phil Yurik, and after pretending to be mortally wounded in a rematch against Spider-Man as the Green Goblin, unveiled his new partner by transforming into the monstrous Red Goblin. Osborne used the symbiote to great effect, incapacitating Spider-Man's allies and loved ones, and bonding a portion of it to his grandson, Normie Osborne, to turn him into the Goblin Child. When Spider-Man taunted him by saying that Carnage, Cletus Cassidy, would get the credit for his death, Osborne ripped the symbiote off, and Spider-Man emulated it when it tried to rebond to him. Being in contact with the symbiote at the moment of his death destroyed Osborne's psyche, making him believe that he was Cletus Cassidy and that Spider-Man was Norman Osborne. The part of the Carnage symbiote that was bonded to the Goblin Child was subsequently extracted by Alchemex and secretly placed into containment in a secure location to be studied, though not all of it was indeed removed. If there is one word to describe Carnage, it would be psychotic. However, if you had two words, you may also use resilient. Seemingly killed many times over, it has always found a way to return. It's only a matter of time before the streets run red again with blood. history of carnage comes to a close but i'm sure there's a big event coming up in uh, the comic book world with carnage returning soon so we'll be seeing much more of him in the future for sure next episode i'll be talking about batman villain raz al ghul or ra's al ghul if you want to pronounce it incorrectly <laughs> according to me uh i'll have to do some research on how to pronounce that correctly i know there's quite a bit of debate amongst nerds across the world about how to pronounce it how do you pronounce it raz al ghul or ra's al ghul Hmm. Anyway, uh, you may remember him as being played by 
Liam Neeson in the Batman Begins films and the Dark Knight trilogy, actually, as he popped up more. But otherwise, he is in quite a bit of roles uh, in the live-action universe and the animated one. He was awesome in the, the Batman animated series, which is probably one of my favorite renditions of him. However, the version of him used in uh, uh, Batman Gotham Knights, I believe, Alexander Siddig from uh, Star Trek Deep Space Nine played him. And on Arrow, he's played by Matthew Nabel who's an actor that was uh, kind of comes a little bit of weight as well. So, yeah, it was cool seeing him in a lot of different versions of television, but now we're going to hear about his comic history and exactly where he was, where he's been, and where he's going. So uh, I'm excited to talk about that because he's kind of a fun part of Batman lore, and I do like talking about Batman. So I will leave you now and let you enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, as I'm recording this, there's some interesting stuff going on, and by interesting, I mean terrifying stuff going on in the States involving people storming the Capitol, which I believe is getting kind of dealt with in a fairly downscale way. However, if you are in the United States, I hope you are safe. I hope you made it through that okay, and I hope you continue to make it through things okay, and I hope the new year offers a lot of different peaceful alternatives for some upset politically uh, in that world. So let's uh, let's do away with that. And just, you know, get along, man. Just get along. Except when you lose, move on, bide your time, wait for next time. You know, uh, throwing a hissy fit isn't going gonna to change anything. Anyway, that's enough political stuff. My name is Andre. It's been a real pleasure to be talking to you, and I will see you next week. <laughs>